Welcome to Ghoulish Tendencies. I'm Gabby. And I'm Kim. And we are two paranormal investigators who delve into the depths of the famous and not-so-famous cases. Of Moida, ghosts, legends, and lore with a healthy dose of debunking. 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 Uh, Debunkin. Debunkin, debunkin. So, uh, Gabby, how you feeling? Oh, I'm back. I'm alive. I still sound a little wild, but I also have horrible brain fog, guys. <laughs> so bad. But thank you guys for your patience. Uh, so sorry about missing an episode. COVID is not fun. Well, we're glad that you're on the mend. <clears throat> um, it was, I will say, uh, recording that bit by myself, that little update, it wasn't even, it was like, what, 10 minutes long? Yeah, it was pretty short. It was pretty short because it's so weird talking to yourself because <laughs> like i talk to myself don't get me wrong i absolutely talk to myself um but when you're but used to having someone else there it's a little I different used, it's you know i thrive with an audience <laughs> you do i've seen it <laughs> you see you see I, me live is a different thing oh it's a good time speaking it's of live Ooh, we are super excited um i know we talked about this at one point in the past but i don't know when brain fog we are sneaking up on Pacific Northwest True Crime Fest, mm-hmm. which is happening yeah, October 8th and 9th. And what's extra exciting about um, the Pacific Northwest True Crime Fest is it's happening up here in the Seattle vicinity. Um, and if you go to PacificNorthwestTrueCrimeFest.com, you can purchase a ticket. And actually, since you guys are our listeners, we can offer a promo code to give you 15% off to our listeners, our lovely ghouls. Um, so if you would like to come see us do a live podcast episode, episode um check it out the discount code is ghoulish15 um as in ghoulish tendencies um but check it out go online you can get a 15 percent off your ticket that covers i believe both days and there's a variety of different podcasts also joining um and we actually just got our time slot so we're on saturday the 8th um in the afternoon i don't want to give away too much but um really really excited kim and i are going to be doing a double topic it's very exciting we're each going to cover something uh pacific northwest you know how we love to talk about the pacific northwest uh no i'm really excited like i've done a lot of panels and live presentations before but i've not done a live podcast recording like this so this is this is a first for me It'll be a first for both of us. It's going to be very exciting, and we will be releasing it in October for those of you who are not local or who are not able to come. So really excited to do this live and not be able to edit anything. (laughs) It's going to be really interesting. Our October is going to be exciting because we did this, I think our first year we did this. Um, We didn't do it last year because, girl, you were getting married. Yeah, you were getting married, and I was going crazy with... uh, my horror films that that we were trying to get finished, we finished it like we had to screen them on a Saturday, and I think we finished them like eight p.m. the day before. Oh my god! Oh, it was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this year is hopefully going to be different. She says optimistically, but <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole that maybe that's a rant for the Patreon. Um, but uh, we are going to do a full month of content. Hell in yeah, dude! An so- episode. Every week. Every week. I don't think you're ready for this jelly. I'm just saying. Wait, I think it's not jelly. Maybe it's ectoplasm. 
I don't think you're ready for this ectoplasm. You would bring up ectoplasm. <laughs> Just a quick callback to our prior conversation, which no one here needs to know no about. Yay! It's, y'all don't realize that before Gabby and I start recording, um, we, like, sometimes it's pretty quick and we're only talking for maybe 30 minutes. Maybe. Oh. But most most times it's a good at least hour with half of that being, we need to stop. We need to record. We need to record. It's like a Jewish goodbye, but an intro to our podcast, <laughs> <intro>. basically. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, really excited about that. I'm so excited to be back recording and actually bringing a topic that is very fun. But before we get to the topic, Kim started to tell me something really nuts um, when we first started talking, and then she wouldn't tell me about it until we started recording. So, Kim, what would you like to tell me that I was dying to know about what happened in your apartment? Okay. So. Uh-oh. Uh, Wait, does it involve ectoplasm? It, oh, it doesn't. <laughs> not that kind. Got it. Noted. Not that, check. Not that kind. No, no. Check that off. Um, no. Uh, I've talked about Millie the Haunted Doll enough times in our podcast that hopefully me saying her name you're like oh yeah millie the haunted doll but for those of you who might be new millie the haunted doll i have a haunted doll her name is millie there you go you have more than (laughs) one Uh, we don't know the other one's haunted to be fair okay but millie for sure is haunted millie is absolutely haunted and she can be quite active but she you know it's interesting she's more active in the winter so this time of year it's sort of unusual for her to be doing much she needs attention Girl needs attention. No, it's true. She actually chills out the more I... I sometimes bring her to some of my classes because my students, my drama students, love that I have a haunted doll. So it's kind of a reward. I'm like, all right, y'all do good in your show. I'll bring in Millie the Haunted Doll. Uh, So my parents recently moved from my childhood home. And it's been a whole thing, like packing up the house... uh, You know, we'd lived in that house for 20, crap, man. Um, A long time. A long, like, I don't know, 28 years, something like that. That might not be right. No, 28 years, I think, we lived in that house. So there was a lot of stuff, and there was still a lot of my stuff. And it was, you know, I mean, anybody who's had to pack up and, like, officially move out of their childhood home and not just, like, oh, you still have all my papers from first grade and a bunch of my stuffed animals. Uh-huh. Um, it, there's, there's feelings behind yeah. that. In my, in my family's case, there's also clocks. Oh, yes. They have a lot of clocks. They have a lot of clocks. Gabby, Gabby has been to said childhood home that now belongs to somebody else. But uh, <laughs> my, my grandparents, my mom's parents, uh, they owned a clock shop in Leavenworth, Washington. So cool. It's super cool. What's really cool is that there's people who remember going to the clock shop uh, and buying clocks. So it was when my, when my grandparents retired, they bought the clock shop. They retired to Leavenworth, Washington and bought this clock shop in Leavenworth, Washington. If you've never been, oh, it's delightful. It's this Bavarian themed tourist town. It used to be an old mining town. And when that went away, they were like, what are we going to do to keep people coming here? We're going to make ourselves Bavarian themed. It's the cutest place. I grew up. We had a cabin outside uh, of Leavenworth proper. And I grew up spending my weekends at our cabin and going into Leavenworth to see my grandparents 
And then my grandparents, both my mom's parents have since passed. But uh, my parents now have their old house, which is a hundred and, I don't know, 13-year-old home, which is also haunted, P.S., which nice. we should maybe record an episode yeah. in the haunted oh, Leavenworth so house. Let's do uh, it. Anyway, I digress. So long story short, I grew up with a, pardon the expression, fuck ton of <gasps> clocks. Oh, I thought you were going to say of ghosts. <laughs> I mean, that's just, those were my, those were just my friends. <laughs> oh, got it. Noted. So I live in this, this adorable little tiny condo off of downtown Seattle. And I had had one clock brought into the home and it's a nice old gazo, which look it up if you don't know what that means. It's fancy shit. And uh, as my parents started deciding like, oh, hey, we're going to pack up and move to Oregon. Thank you, mom and dad. Um, I've been like, they've been like, do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want this? And so I've now, I inherited another clock. As far as I know, that one's not haunted. But there was this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful gazo. I'll take a picture. We can put it on our, our Instagram. It's a gorgeous, stunning clock. And it used to be in my bedroom. It was a gift to me from my grandparents when I was born. There's like oh, wow. a little inscription on it that's like, you know, Kimberly Ann from Grandma and Grandpa Rogers. It's beautiful. It's stunning. I have not had it with me since, I mean, you know, I haven't lived in my parents' home since I was 18, <laughs> since sure. I moved away to college back east. And um, I don't think the thing's been wound since probably prior to that. So my parents are moving. They finally bring this clock over. I, I, my, my apartment is very cute. It's very small. It's quaint. It's quaint. It's, I love it. It's perfect for me and the cat. But it's not, it's not a ton of space. So there is that element when you are trying to, like, fit all this shit. From your childhood home. What am I going to do with this? I, I put it on the, the nightstand on the other side of my bed in my bedroom. And my dad, bless him, wound that clock up so I could experience the ticking. It also, it plays, you can set it to play songs from the Nutcracker on the hour. It's gorgeous. I loved it when I was a kid. Here's the thing, though. When I was a kid, that clock was not next to my bed. And I quickly found the sound of the ticking was so alarmingly loud, I could not sleep. And I texted my parents. I'm like, I can't sleep. The clock ticking is too loud. And they're like, you're going to get used to it. And I'm like, okay. And you know what, Gabby? <laughs> I didn't get used to it. No, so did you move it? No. Because where was I going to move it? I There's nowhere to move it to. I had to wait that shit out. And my dad's like, you have to wind it once a week. It'll be done in a week. And I'm like, okay, seven days of this shit. I can handle seven days. We're going to do this. We're in this. Tilly would leave the room because the ticking was so annoying. You guys are such, like, kindred spirits. We are. She has her anxiety and mind match. Um, we're both very fluffy and very anxious. <laughs> Two peas in a pod. Two peas in a pod. Uh... It took two and a half weeks for that oh fucking clock to stop ticking. Okay, but is there a ghost associated with there this is. clock? Listen, this is okay. Gabby. I'm laying the foundation. Okay, foundation of the clock. Got it. Foundation. Noted. There is a history to truly appreciate the nuance of this story. Okay, okay, okay. So, clock finally stops clicking, ticking, clicking, and ticking. It's a very pretty clock. So, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to not wind it up. It's just going to sit there and be pretty. Sure. That's that. All my other clocks, honestly, 
because of recording, I've stopped winding most of them. Um, the chiming every 15 minutes just got to be a little too much. So in general, I've not been winding my very pretty, very fancy clocks. Uh, I also have a cell phone and I tell time on my cell phone like a normal person. So this clock has, it, it had two and a half weeks of glory. And then I've not touched it since. This was um, May. I okay. think my folks, my folks had to, to very suddenly head down to Medford end of May um, uh, because of, of uh, a death in the family. And so their move got a little moved up. And, and so I'd, I'd had the clock before then. So I've not touched it since May. And about, I want to say a week ago, maybe, maybe it was more. I don't know. Time has lost all meaning to me. <laughs> I don't know time either. It's fine. Ironically, we're talking about a clock and not knowing the time. Hey, um, I'd been in my bedroom because the bedroom is where my portable air conditioner lives. And for those of you who have not been in the Pacific Northwest the last Ugh. few weeks, it's been a bajillion degrees. It's too hot. It's too hot and nothing here is air conditioned. No. So like for my, uh, my East Coast self is just like, I get it. It's hotter on the East Coast, but you know what? Everything's fucking air conditioned. Yep. So, uh, I, I'd been in my bedroom, air conditioner was on. I'd taken a shower. I get out of the shower. I walk in the bedroom. I'm like grabbing my book to lay on the bed and read. And I'm like, what's that sound? And I mute my TV. So I'm like, was that the TV? No. That fucking clock is ticking. Out of nowhere? Out of nowhere. Was it Millie? I went over and asked her. Oh, what did she say? I mean, she didn't really say anything, the bitch. Sorry, <laughs> don't haunt me. <laughs> I mean, more than you do. I mean, nicely. Okay. Please. <laughs> I need to sleep. I don't sleep enough, Millie. And it's not cool when you do things like that. And I understand that I've not taken you out in a while. I've not touched that clock. And it ticked for 24 hours. Dang. 24 hours. And here's the thing. I was texting. I texted my mom about it. And I texted my dad. My dad knows a thing or two about clocks. Not as much as my Uncle Rick. My Uncle Rick can repair clocks. He's like the clock doctor of the family. Clock my doc? Dad knows clock doc. My dad knows enough because we have 50 million clocks in the old home. And even in their new place they just moved into, I think there's like 20 million. And my dad's like, well, it's possible. You know, it could get jostled. It might tick for a little bit. And I'm like, 24 hours, David. 24 hours it ticked. Millie wants your attention. She's also turned the stove on. She's turned your TV on. Oh, my stove was on the other day. <gasps> I Yeah, that actually, you know what? That should be the more alarming thing, except that that happens frequently enough that it, I kind of forget about it. Um, my stove was on. Millie has turned the stove on before. It's so dangerous. It is because I actually had a, um, a dish on it. And the only reason I know the stove had turned on is because I heard a cracking sound. I was oh like, my what God, is that? really? And I walked into the kitchen and there's this cracked dish. And I'm like, what? And I walk over and look and the stove's on. And here's the thing again, it's been bajillion degrees. I have not touched my stove because no, I haven't it's too wanted hot. to. I haven't touched my stove in weeks. Yeah, you know what? That's actually the more alarming story, except <laughs> that it. 
her messing with my stove happens often enough that I'm just like, yeah, she messed with the stove again. But the clock is new. But no, that's actually the more alarming story, and that's not one that I've shared. Um, yeah, that Dang. one's not cool. No, that's like dangerous. That could start a fire. I've definitely touched the stove a few times, though, not realizing it was on because I can't. I've not used it and, and hurt my hand. Um, but no, uh, Millie's been a little active lately, and I feel like her and I have to have words again. Every so often we have to have words about, like, I don't mind her having her activity. It's the activity that becomes destructive. The stove. Like, the stove. The stove is really the thing that I don't like. She used to turn the heat on in my living room, and I have baseboard heating, but I have things against the baseboard. Ooh, so I don't, I don't use it. I never touch it. I have an electric fireplace, and in my living room, that's the only thing I use for heat. But her first winter with me, I was coming home, and the heat was full blast. Oh, dang. And, and we had a chat about fire hazards, and it stopped. But I, I feel like we have to have another talk about uh, stove safety because... I don't know, man. That's that's not cool. And if the place burns down, she's going to burn too. And then it's going to be a bad time. It's a bad time for everybody. Anyway, that went on a little longer than I anticipated. I apologize. That's okay. <laughs> but yeah, Great story. No, uh, I hope you're there's okay. Been some, <laughs> it's, I mean, uh, I, I'm learning to not keep anything on the stove. That's the life lesson there. And also maybe, you know, there is a threat that comes with owning a haunted doll. She's cool. Millie's cool. Like I, I like having. She just a turns her stove on. <laughs> Listen, we all have self-destructive tendencies. Yes, but usually they don't come from a haunted. Hers doll. is stoves. <laughs> Mine is whiskey. What are you? <sighs> destructive. <laughs> I mean, my destructive tendency is trash TV. So we all have our flaws. Uh, <laughs> trash TV and telling me to drink more whiskey. <laughs> yes. But also, it's fun. So drink your whiskey as we start to talk about our topic for today. That ties into what we were talking about, too. It does. Mm -hmm. We are talking, we're going to go more haunted today. So nice little prequel to the haunting was there more haunting, but like real life haunting in Kim's house. Um, We're going to talk about the haunting in other types of houses, but actual castles today. Castles. We haven't talked castles very much, like ever. We and haven't, but I I love a good because I, I went to grad school in the UK. I visited many a haunted castle. I have wanted to visit every haunted castle, so <gasps> this is my field attempt. Trip. Can we go on a haunted field trip to the UK again? I, I would love it. again. I've never been. I would love to go. I, well, again, I lived there for I a know, while. But I haven't been, so for me, it's a first time. For you, so it's let's an do again. It, girl. Okay, we need money. Hey, patron people. <laughs> To go, go to the UK. Go fund me so that we can go visit go fund me castles. so we can go fund you for the podcast. You know what I mean? Um, let us get you better content. Send us okay. to a haunted castle. So I'm going to begin this episode with a statement of, "Hey, this is a very heavily legendy and lorey episode uh, with Lord. a splash of historical references here and there. Just a just a dabble." A little dabbly splash. Putting um, our toes in the water. Just give her a little dip. A little, little dip into historical mm-hmm. references. Uh, mm-hmm. So fair warning, allegedly's abound. Allegedly. Allegedly. So today we're going to be talking about a tale of two castles, two very old and potentially very haunted European castles. So unfortunately, not in the UK, Kim. 
I was going to say you had me at European, though. I like European. Yeah, that's I, I would I would move back there in a heartbeat if I had the opportunity. I just want to go, period. Like, I, I don't need to move. Just take me there for, vi- for a visit. Like, we just can do a trip, you know? But anyway, we'll, trip. we'll take a metaphorical imaginary trip together right now to Ooh. two different places in the uh-huh. European vicinity. Um, and... You know, there's so many castles to choose from when we're looking up historical, potentially haunted places. And Mm -hmm. I really wanted to choose two that I personally have not seen like a ghost show do. Ironically, one of them had one. I just hadn't seen the episode. Um, But not like Chillingham Castle. Like, I feel like there's certain castles that we've heard about a lot that are covered a lot by either podcast shows, what have you. So... The first castle that we're going to be talking about is called Berg Elts Castle. It is Ooh. in Germany, and Ooh. it was built in 1157. Really old. Like, not a recent real castle. Old. Real, yeah, real no. old. It's an old castle. Real, real way back then. So uh-huh. the Berg Elts, and I heard that Berg means mountain. So that's fun. Like okay. castle in the mountain. Um, <laughs> surrounded by the Elzbach River. It was uh-huh. a tributary of the Moselle. And it sits high in the mountains, hence Berg, between the Rhineland cities of Koblenz and Trier. I can't pronounce hmm. anything. I apologize. I will butcher every name in this episode. Um, but it's pretty isolated. It's like isolated like an island. It's in the middle of a bunch of mountains, basically. Hmm. And it was built by the Elts family, hence the Elts name. And they were one of the more powerful families who helped um, trade to flourish all along the Rhine. So they were pretty powerful. Okay. Now, the oldest part of Berg Elts was called Platelts. Uh, hmm. It was actually a simple little manor, always starting simple. And it was actually built in the 9th century. So it's really old, uh, older than the 1157. And it actually still exists today, which is wild to me. Um, The rest of the castle was formed around it, expanding uh, the size of the castle in 1157. Hmm. So now what's interesting is when you look it up, and I can show you pictures of this. We'll also post it on the Instagram because I could talk about castles all day. But when you look at pictures, it's just a whole other experience. You can also look it up yourself right now if you want to look it up. Sure. Um, but the castle features both medieval and Renaissance styles in its design. So it gives it a really like fairy tale like look, like something Disney might have used to create a castle for Ooh. a princess. It's very um what Terrence likes to call Dusseldorfy. <laughs> Dusseldorfy, I love that. <laughs> and it's it's a little like Snow Whiteish. Um, it's mm-hmm. a very classic look where it looks almost fake, but it's like a legit OG castle. Hmm. Uh, it's also a so-called Gannerbenberg, quote unquote, which is a castle that's actually divided into several parts that belong to different branches of families, um, because mm-hmm. not just one family could afford an entire castle to themselves at the time. Sidebar, can't Fair. relate. <laughs> I can only huh. afford an apartment. Um, 
Right. So, I mean, hey, yeah, I guess back true. in the day, people had similar issues. You're bougie, but you can't have your own castle. So share but it with But you can't have your own castle. Castle share. <laughs> castle share. Hashtag castle share. Hashtag um, castle share. So it was resided specifically by three family branches. And oh. all of the families owned their own part of the castle. But they hmm. shared the defensive outlier part of the castle. Okay. They shared all the servants. They had servants, sure. craftsmen, and other families who supported the Elts family specifically. They all lived in the village below the, cla- the castle. A classic castle village situation where you have your villagers and then the rich people in the castle, right? Sure. So Berg Elts is actually located, uh, I'm going to give you meters and feet because Europe, um, 70 meters on a high rock spur, uh, which is 230 feet high off the um, mountain area. And it was on the side of a highly important Roman trade route between rich farmlands and the markets. So people went through this area a lot. Okay. And now today it, it lies within the Elts Forest, which has actually, fun fact, been declared as a natural nature reserve by Flora Fauna Habitat and Natura 2000. Hmm. Surprisingly, the castle is still in one piece. It's still intact. All other castles in the area uh, have been partly or fully <laughs> destroyed um, in battles over the years. But oh, um, okay, that makes sense, I guess. <laughs> I, I mean, and also time and like things, sure, nature, yeah, things erode. But like, you have to have someone taking care of a castle to maintain it, right? And so you must care for the castle. Care Castle care. Hashtag castle care. Hashtag um, castle care. <laughs> but Berg Elts, it's still there. It's still kicking it, which means that okay. a lot of people cared about it and took care of it from this family and all the families associated with it. It was actually the home of the Counts of Elts and allegedly still is 33 generations later. So let's talk about this story of, of the Counts of Elts. So there's a beautiful yet tragic story associated with Berg Elts. I mean, it's a castle. It's going to have some kind of tragic story. But if it doesn't, I would be disappointed. But you know what's going to make you not disappointed? (gasps) What? It's a tale of a woman who set boundaries and stuck to (gasps) them. Boundaries. I love boundaries. Even way back in the 1100s. Oh, good for her. Amen. You know what's important? A couple of things. Boundaries, boundaries. consent, and respecting consent. somebody else who says no, right? Consent to boundaries. Consent to boundaries, full circle, even way back in the 1100s. So so begins the legend and potential actual history, <laughs> depending on uh, what details you pay attention to. Because, again, this is an old story told by many generations. And while it's documented, we can't have proof of what actually, actually happened because it's old. Um, so you're old. Actually, I'm older, so uh, I shouldn't we're both say old. That. It's fine. We're both old. You know it's who fine. we're not as old as though is Agnes Elts. Also, Ooh, Agnes, Agnes is an old name. It's a great name. Like, I age just from hearing that name. So Agnes is our our heroine of this this story. She was the Love. daughter of the fifteenth Count of Elts, and was raised with only brothers, so no sisters involved. 
Um, according to the legend, allegedly, she was a allegedly. classic a classic case of the tomboy, the girl who wasn't like all the other girls. She would put on the armor and play warrior with her brothers. Girl, she didn't want to like- be classified as the the lady who was proper and ladylike expectation as you will, right? The, the lady who lunches. The lady who lunches. She was a lady who warriored. Um, and she allegedly, allegedly was promised to the Knight of Bronzeburg. And That's the two, uh, it is a good name, the two met occasionally to get to know each other. But, like, she pretty quickly realized this guy is a douche canoe. He sucks. Nobody likes a douche canoe. No, he sucks. uh, Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) Also, I feel like that's a more, like, I get it. That's probably an accurate piece of history right there. Um, So, of course, Agnes didn't like him because he was a douche canoe. Um, And so she found him to be boring. (laughs) Boring night. And she just kind of, like, dismissed him and ignored him a bunch again Mm. totes get it if he's a douche and he's boring i wouldn't pay attention to him either you know totes my goats you're promised to a boring night it's not surprising you're not impressed right so no that sucks eh, unfortunate situation for agnes now allegedly her resistant attitude pissed him off he was not happy about it generally and so one night they're at this like big festive party event thing And without consent, (gasps) the knight pulls Agnes onto the dance floor and kisses her. Ooh. She was pissed. Bad news bears. I'd be pissed. I'd be bad news bears. Always ask for consent. Do not do that. That is. Do not do that. You are asking for a not great response. You know? You're going to have a bad time. That's also not how you win someone over. Like, if she already doesn't like you, she really doesn't like you now, right? I don't like you. I don't I mean, like, I like him you, either. But I don't like you. But guess what she does? So what would you what would you do, Kim, in this situation? Some dude punches grabs balls. you. Punches balls. Punches balls. Well punches balls. You know, Agnes did something similar, but she aimed a little higher. <gasps> she punched his nose? She smacked him in the face. <gasps> Good girl! Agnes! You my girl. Also a, an appropriate response, in my opinion. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. A little nicer but than also, what you might do. Punch him in the balls. Okay, so right we know. Ball. Listen, I didn't say peel his, peel his penis like an onion. <laughs> I just said punch his balls. What a throwback. Love it. Like, I feel like that's showing a lot of restraint. <laughs> Everyone knows where Kim stands. Got it. Noted. I can't imagine why I can't get a date. <laughs> and also, <laughs> like, can't imagine why this would ever go over well for this knight of Bronzeburg. He was... No. Not happy. He's pissed. Now, if he was pissed before, he's extra mad now. So what does he do? He... Be a dick? Oh. I mean, he already was, but yeah, he does more of that. So he fled the castle and threatened the family. Yeah. I'm sorry. Was your masculinity threatened? Tiny violin? I love how I'm doing a tiny violin and you're just jerking off the air. Like, you guys, this is an audio medium. I really wish you could see the visual references that are happening right now. Um, So, yeah, the family then is like, oh, shoot, this might not be good for us. We need to, like, at least have some protection on our castle, on the Berg Elts, right? So the family was afraid he was going to be out for revenge, especially because they were threatened. So they doubled down on the guards just to be safe. Sure. Days go by, weeks go by, months go by. 
he doesn't show up. And they're like, not all cool. right, he's not coming. We can chill out now. So naturally, the elves family le- leaves their guard down. And all the guys, her brothers, <laughs> oh, no. dad, everybody goes on a three-day hunting trip. Oh, no. Assuming that the Knight of Bronzeburg lost his interest, leaving Agnes at the castle. Now, apparently, even though this knight was boring, he was strategic because that was just what he was waiting for them to do. So he attacks the castle the same night. The guards at the gate were all murdered, and the Mm. knight and his troops enter the castle's courtyard, destroying, murdering everybody in their way. Mm. So Agnes sees what's going on, and she's like, hell no. I need to do something. So she left the chance to defend her her home. She takes her brother's helmet, breastplate, and battle axe. Hell yeah. And she throws herself into the fight. So the knight sees this person coming out, this knight with an axe, and he's like, who's this guy? Doesn't know who he is. Gets close enough to him with a freaking crossbow. Nice. No, no, no. The knight gets close to Agnes with a crossbow. Agnes has the axe. She has the axe. Okay. And he shoots her (gasps) with the crossbow, penetrating the armor and killing this brave knight instantly. Mm. So he removes the knight's helmet to be like, "Who, who dis? And he discovers it's Agnes. He killed Agnes. Big whoops. Also... Rude. Like, rude. So rude. You're going to come into her house. She's just defending it. And you're going to kill her after you're like fighting because she slapped you after you kissed her without consent. The whole story pisses me off. But like, hell yeah, Agnes died in battle defending her herself. Damn straight she did. If you were Agnes, wouldn't you be so pissed? Like, this guy not only is rude, but then he has the audacity to shoot you with the crossbow. Rude. What a dick. Last time I got shot with a crossbow, I was so mad. You haunted the whole place, just like Agnes. I did. So this brings us to ghosts. Ooh, I love ghosts. So a bunch of people died that day, right? Like, they were all killed. Agnes is killed. So, of course, who do you think is the main star of the haunting stories of Burgelts? My mom. Your mom, to my knowledge, is still living. No, she is still living, but... (laughs) If anybody could do it, she could. She believes. All right. Okay. But who who's not living? Who are we talking about? Agnes. Agnes. Good job, Kim. Hey. Kim gets an A. A for Agnes. Um, so specifically, Agnes's bedroom is allegedly oh. one of the most haunted rooms. Allegedly. Allegedly. One of the most <laughs> haunted rooms in the castle. Even though it's like one of the only rooms that's not open to tourists. So you can go and visit Berg Elts, but you can't Mm. go into her room. So to this day, that room houses her original bedding, breastplate, and battle axe that she wore when she died. That's cool. Which also, I get why it's haunted, (laughs) you know? Um, But don't worry. She doesn't just haunt the bedroom. She also allegedly haunts the hallways. So you Mm. might see her in the hall. Okay. Now, according to the staff, she isn't just haunting the hallways in her bedroom. She's also haunting the German castle located between the cities of Koblenz and Trier, which is right nearby. 
So she travels. Or maybe okay. it's another ghost. You never know who it is. I mean, it's a lot of ghosts. Lots Sometimes of ghosts. we think it's one ghost and then it's another ghost. True. Now, some of the alleged evidence. 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 Reported involves lights switching on and off Ooh. without anyone knowing why. Electric lights, I'm assuming? Yes. Okay. Um, doors closing and opening on their own. Que- question that you may not have an answer to. Yes. Because electric lights in a castle would be something new-ish. Mm-hmm. I mean, the last century, century and a half. Prior to there being electric lights, were there, like, candles and lanterns that went out? Or is this something that's happened um, since electricity has been installed? That's a great question that I don't have an answer to. Okay. I'm, I, I'm curious. Just I have no idea. That's a great yeah. question. I okay. wish I could answer it. Food for thought. Marinate. Food for thought. Marinate. Let it, let it stew. Like I said, this is an episode where I don't have a lot of evidence. evidence. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of these, a lot, honestly, a lot of these haunted cases, there is very little tangible evidence. This is more for the fun of storytelling today. Mm-hmm. But also, good food for thought to think about. Good for, yeah, I, Scully's got a Scully. That's fine. I will be I here. I, I will be your molder, <laughs> and I will tell you stories of women in history that died by assholes. Um, There's too many of them. Right? Now, some of the alleged evidence reports the lights and also doors opening and closing. I know I briefly mentioned that, but doors existed back then and now, and they sure. still open yeah. they close on their own. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Apparently, people also hear whispers in the hallway and Ooh. child giggles. Uh, children are always creepy. That's like the creepiest is child giggles. Nothing associated with children in this story, but child giggles could happen nonetheless. <laughs> Sounds like such a threat. Child giggles could happen. <laughs> Disclaimer. Child giggles may happen. Um the, this castle staff actually finds a lot of the doors unlocked after locking them the night before, too. Oh, interesting. Which is a little weird because, like, who's unlocking them? Who and is unlocking them? Be I have there questions. At night to unlock Kim has them? questions. So that one I found was really um, intriguing. Yeah. There's also hmm. some claims of physical phantoms um, and, like, full bodied apparitions. Of okay. a knight or multiple medieval knights on horseback at the gate. Some of okay. them think that it, some people think it's like the knights that were protecting uh, Berg Alts when it was attacked. Some people think it was the Knight of Bronzeburg who did not die there when this happened, looking for mm. Agnes's forgiveness. Sure. Yeah, right. Whatever. I roll. I mean, yeah. <laughs> TBH, if I was Agnes, I would haunt the castle to protect it from more idiot men with threatened masculinity from taking it over too, and I don't blame her at all for hanging out. If I was Agnes, I would find a carrot peeler <laughs> and just start peeling some penises. <laughs> like an onion. Like onions or carrots, or honestly. Carrots. I'm not picky. Choose your own adventure like, vegetable. Do what you gotta do, girl. You do what you you do you. Well, you, you know do. what's kind of cool, Kim, is that Berg Else is open to the public and it's well worth <gasps> the visit. So we could go. And peel some penises like onions? Maybe we could just bring an onion and carrots and just peel those and pretend <sighs> and say, This is for you, Knight of Bronzeburg, or whatever his name Fine. is. You know? Fine. Metaphorically do it for Agnes. Yeah, it's our offering. It'll be our I vegetable sacrifice. <laughs> 
But also, oh, apparently, dear. the castle, if you visit it, features a treasure room full of uh, golden, silver, ivory, and china items and many historical Ooh. weapons, which just That's sounds fun. cool to look at. So uh, I think we should visit it at some point. I'm just saying. I'm I'm here for this. So would love also to investigate. I haven't found anyone who's investigated this place or who has actually like documented it anywhere on the interwebs. I wonder do, who runs the castle today? Is it is it I'm assuming it's not privately owned or is it privately owned? I don't know. I could not figure that out with my research that I did, mm-hmm. but I encourage you to look because you usually can find things that I can't. Um Dr. Karl Graf von Und zu Elz. Is he part of the Elts family? He is. Hell yeah. So it stayed within the Elts family this entire time? It stayed within the Elts family. Um, And uh, today, uh, the Rubenach and Rudendorf (laughs) family's homes in the castle are open to the public, while the Kempenuch branch (laughs) of the family uses... Listen, y'all. I don't speak any German. Oh, the family uses the other third of the castle. The public is admitted seasonally from April to November. Visitors can view the treasury with gold, silver, and porcelain artifacts and the armory of weapons and suits of armor. Let's go. Done. Well, now that we know that it's still within the family, that's fun facts. I love that. But that is Bergelt's and the story of Agnes and the asshole knight who killed her. Across the world new threats emerge. Man-apes prowl the forests of North America. Giant cephalopods entwine ships in the Pacific. Man-eating crocodiles gnash unsuspecting swimmers in Australia. But one bureau has you covered with the latest on monstrous shenanigans in your backyard. Tune in, gentle listeners, for breaking news fresh from the teletype. Listen closely. Or your lives may depend on it. Turn up the volume. It's time for... The Monsters Report! So now, that, that's one. One down. Let's travel over to Slovenia for castle Ooh. number dos, two. Dos? This is the most unique castle, I think, in the existence of time to a really unique castle that was built around the same time. So similar time periods. We're going to be talking about Prajama Castle built in. Thank you. Built in 1274. I love these old castles. This one's really cool. Honestly, like this one really had me going, oh, who thought of this? This is the greatest idea because it's an imposing structure located in the middle of a cave. So this castle was started to be built inside of a cave and then the exterior of the castle is built attached to the cave. So it's on a towering cliff, too. So it's super imposing looking. Um, Before the castle was even built, though, the cave itself was home to cave people during the Paleolithic era. So there's been evidence to show that there were people actually living there all the way back then, which is super cool. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also, fun fact, that that cave is home to a colony of bats, which, I mean, it's a cave. I love bats. So bats, that's that's normal. Um, And this is actually the second largest cave in Slovenia. The, really? What's yeah, the first largest? The biggest cave, thank you for asking, Kim, is uh, the post 
Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now you have Postojna Cave, which is only five miles away, which is nine kilometers away for our European friends. And what's really interesting, you know how I mentioned this uh, castle is built on a cliff? The cliff is 123 meters high. Oh. And so this is like an 800-year-old castle built into a super high-up cliff. It's just wild. Um, the castle was uh, originally named Castle Lueg. It was first mm. mentioned in 1274, but it was actually probably built in the 12th century when Slovenia was part of the German Empire, and then it was actually documented later. Mm. Um, and in the 15th century, Erasmus Lueg, or Lug. I'm going to say Lug. I think that's Lug. probably Lug, like a Lugie. It's uh, like a Lugie. No, that's yeah. what I mean. <laughs> I was like, that's unfortunate, but yeah. It is what it is. Um, it is so it in is. the 15th century, Erasmus Lug ruled the castle. And during his reign, the castle got heavily damaged after having been seized by the Hasburgs for over a year. Okay. And the Oberberg family took over the damaged castle, rebuilt it around 1510, but unfortunately the castle was nearly destroyed during a really horrible earthquake in 1511. Mm. In 1570, the current castle that you can see now was built mm -hmm. in the Renaissance style right in the middle of a 123-meter-slash-404-foot-high cliff. So Ooh. it's pretty high up. Um, yeah. And this one is basically, it's not the original because the original was destroyed in an earthquake, but it's still sure. 1570 is this one. So that's legit. That's still yeah. very old. It's older than what we have here. Very true. And, and more recently, the castle was actually used as a hunting lodge for various Austrian aristocrats. Oh, Okay. And the Yugoslavian government put a stop to that after World War II, and then it became a tourist attraction. Of course it did. Would visit, though. Absolutely would visit. Absolutely. So, but let's talk a little bit more about the history and the story behind this wild-looking castle. Kim, did you look up what it looks like? I didn't, but I will. Look it up uh, really quick. Predjama, P-R-E-D-J-A-M-A. And I'll post a picture of it on our Instagram as well so you guys can see. But also feel free to look it up. It's Google is our friend. Um, Images. It's really cool looking. Oh, dude! I want to go to there. It's so cool. Like It's like in the, it really is it's like a literally, in the cliff. Yeah, it's a castle built into <gasps> a cliff cave. It's so pretty. It's really neat. So I want to go to the castle, Gabby. I want to go to the castle. Okay, but now that you have a visual of this, okay? okay. So listeners, Kim, now that you have a visual, Prajama was, isn't it awesome? So Prajama was filled with hidden passageways, and it was known as a place of torture and treachery. <gasps> Much now, like me. So I knew you would like this. Because the castle was originally built to defend itself, it had some uh, other surprises in store as well. Okay. I know that it's got some visible stuff that you can see going into the castle. Like, yeah, it's bonkers. Like, it looks like a cave. There's, like, staircases and a cave. Yeah, it's wild. It's cool. You know what else it had? It had holes in the ceiling <laughs> of the <gasps> entrance tower. What? 
What? To pour down boiling oil <gasps> onto oh, yeah. intruders. This was actually a common castle tactic. Yeah, and then it would also go into a very dark dungeon, so anybody who was down yeah. there would get it too. This was a, like, castle thing. I remember making, when I was in sixth grade, we made model castles, and that was a big thing of, like, the boiling over oil and, like, the spots for it to come out. Um, Pretty messed which, up. Respect. <laughs> I kind of want those in my condo. Just to really ward off all of the murderers. Yeah. Um, there was also a space in between the walls of the dungeon that was made to brick people into the wall. So nice. they would make the room, like, extra big, then put a person there and then brick them in. I have people I am willing to put forth as possible brickers. Brickies. 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 Um, if, if this is something they need, I have some names I could give them. I actually have a list. I mean, so do I. But apparently, hey. you know, once you're bricked in, you never can get bricked out. So there That's are fine. still bones in nice. the walls nice. of this castle from the That's people awesome. that were bricked in. I want, I want somebody bricked in the walls of my brain. And if you were an enemy and you were captured, you were brought to the court that was in the castle and sentenced. Castle court. Castle court. And sentenced to one of the options of torture hidden within the castle. Nice. Um, so in the courtroom, you could oversee like a small torture chamber. Mm-hmm. And there was also a door that led to a deep 63-meter-slash-207-foot vertical cave drop. Nice. So you get to choose. Do you want to be tortured to death, or do you want to go down the drop and die inside of a cave? This is the most epic choose-your-own-adventure ever. Choose-your-own-death adventure. Yes. (laughs) Like, it's pretty brutal. And I'm going to come back to this in a second when we talk about the ghost show that I'm going to reference. Okay. Is Is it my boyfriend? And it's not your boyfriend. It's a different person. bummer. So what's wild is that, you know how I said someone gets bricked into a wall and their Mm -hmm. bones are still there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, nobody's ever recovered bones from, like, the bottom of that shaft where people are dropped either. So really, lots of bones. Lots of bones still there for hundreds and hundreds of years. Interesting. Now, amidst all the torturous lies... Of all of this crazy craziness, there's a story of a secret tunnel, a girl's love and affection, and great artfulness, and also not the best way to die. So there's a romantic legend about this rebellious knight, Ezrem, who withstood the Imperial Army's siege of the castle for over a year. And it's a pretty great part of the history of this castle. It's I've read it in a couple of different ways, so I'm going to give it my spin um, of how I've interpreted this story, so bear with me here, but I think it will, it will prove entertaining for all that choose to listen. So the Prajama Castle was the family estate of this knight Ezerim, right? So that's the guy that I was talking about, Lug, Ezerim Lug. Uh, he was the son of the imperial governor of Triest, Nikolaj Lug. And Ezerem was considered a sort of Slovenian Robin Hood. Oh, interesting. But a more capitalist, modern, realistic version, meaning yeah, uh, that according to a tour guide, instead of robbing the rich to give to the poor, he would rob the rich and just keep it. Uh, so needless to say, he wasn't the most popular dude in general. Um, he... 
never really was a target on anyone. Like people didn't like him. He pissed people off, but no one ever tried to really like do anything about it until he killed the kinsman, Marshall Pappenheim of Frederick III, the Holy Roman Emperor. So he really pissed off both the Roman Emperor and the House of Habsburg. So what does he do? He goes and hides in his castle. So the Habsburgs uh, were convinced that he wouldn't last long. He would have to come out and get food and like, you know, live. So they were just really trying to find a way to kill him. They even had poisoned the water wells in his castle, but somehow he was able to remain safe and sound for over a year. So he went a year being locked into this castle with poison water, but somehow still survive. Damn. It's kind of wild. So these people are like, how is he still alive? Like, yeah, what, what's happening? It only has one entrance, apparently the front door, right? Mm-hmm. Wrong, actually. Oh. Um, so at this point, unbeknownst to his foes, there was actually a secret cave network leading from the castle all the way to Postojna. Gesundheit. Yeah, thank you. Um, Ezram came in and out of the cave as he pleased. He just went through the cave tunnels, and that's how he True. got food and water. Um, so thanks to the large vertical natural shaft behind the castle leading out to the open door on the other side of the mountain. He was able to sneak in and out without being seen also. So um, he still plundered though, which I think is funny. Like he didn't just go in for food and water. He still stole shit from people. Um, And servants were able to get uh, fresh food and a rainwater conservation system inside the cave too with fresh water, which I thought was also pretty neat. Here's the best part. Well, one of the best parts. Erasmus liked to tease his attackers. You know how he teased his attackers? How? He would throw fresh local produce at his attackers. <laughs> Just throw cherries at people. Be like, punk, gotcha. Um, oh, it'd be a fly on the wall for that. That would be very funny. Um, mm-hmm. Sir had a great sense of humor. So this dude is pillaging the rich, hiding from people trying to kill him, throwing cherries at people. However, Karma is a bitch, and she ended up getting Erasmus in the end. So Erasmus, unfortunately, was betrayed by one of his servants, who flagged down somebody somehow while Erasmus was on the toilet. Oh, that's unfortunate. And someone shot a cannon at Erasmus while he was on the toilet, and he died on the toilet. Ooh. Not the best way to go. No. Figuratively and literally. Uh, so, funny enough, dude who throws the cherries gets taken out by a cannon on a toilet. Um, the place where he's buried is actually marked with an ancient lime tree. So keeping the fruit in the story. I love it. Uh, the legend says that Erasm's... Uh, Erasmus' girlfriend planted the tree on his grave as a symbol of eternal life. Mm -hmm. And today, Slovenian people visit the lime tree and think of it as a symbol of life, health, wisdom, and justice, and maybe uh, bathrooms? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But 
what's really interesting too is that that's the fun story associated with it. Um, is that the Prajama Castle is named in the Guinness Book of World Records um, because it's one of the best preserved cave, cave castles in the world. And because... That implies there's a, like, more than one. There might be. <laughs> I don't know about the others, but this one's the most well-preserved, apparently. Sure. And, yeah. and because it's such an impressive building, it's been featured in a few different movies. So... Um, oh. Apparently, Jackie Chan climbed the Prajama ca- uh, Cliffs while filming Armor of God in 1986. Sure. And it inspired uh, George R. R. Martin for Game of Thrones. Eh, okay. Sure. Um, <laughs> there was also uh, a 16th century chest full of treasure that was found in the cellar in 1991. Fun fact. Um, but it's just a really wild story, a wild place. But that it also has something else that we haven't talked about yet. Ghosts. <gasps> Allegedly. Allegedly. Now, Erasmus apparently is still hanging out in his castle. Maybe Fair. in the bathroom. Sure. <laughs> but also maybe uh, all those people that died in the shafts and all those bones that are in the walls, they're all probably still chilling too. So Allegedly. Likely, right? The castle's been investigated by several paranormal teams and programs, and according to some psychics, allegedly, the ghost of Erasmus still haunts the castle looking for revenge. Nice. Now, in 2008, Ghost Hunters International <sighs> paid a visit. Not your boyfriend, not your friend, not, not, not <sighs> Mr. Fine. Bagans, but... That's fine. Ghost Hunters International, this dude is wearing, has the spikiest hair with an upside-down backwards visor on his head. I could not like take it that seriously, but I did I watch take it. none of it seriously, but that's fair. That's that's I mean fair, that's fair. Just, but it, that's just my face. <laughs> that's just life. Um so they paid a visit to the castle and actually talked to the manager of the castle, which I think is funny that there's a manager of the castle. Um, I'd like to see their manager. Yeah, I mean you can if you watch the show. <laughs> fair. Um but they got some actual evidence. 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 Um, there have been stories about footsteps and voices being heard all around, like by anyone who works at the castle who's been there. They picked it up in evidence uh, when researching. The caves underneath the castle are actually mineral caves that have a bunch of quartz, iron, and salt. Um, and these minerals store energy like mm. massive batteries, um, providing an electromagnetic field. Um, from the salt, allegedly. Um, and that can be used as a source for residual haunting, potentially. Um, hmm. I know we've talked about, you know, those things providing energy uh, for something paranormal to take the energy from that to manifest. Sure. Um, so that's one of the, the theories. And some mm-hmm. say that the captured souls of the people who got locked in during the 1511 earthquake still try to get out. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, the castle manager, you want to know his name? What's his name? Vojko Jerka. That's a great name. Now, he has heard footsteps in the area where people were walled in. And um, Mm. it actually, on the show, shows you the area where people were walled in. And -hmm. it shows you the torture area, too. Which is kind of cool to, like, actually hear the story, but then see the visual of the actual place. Mm -hmm. Um, And no one who works there will actually stay there after dusk. Everyone... No one will go there at night because they get too freaked out. So all of these stories about like voices and walking and footsteps are all during the day. 
because no one stayed at night. No one stayed at night, so they don't know. Right. And so this team stayed overnight, and it was the first time, I guess, people had stayed overnight to investigate, and that's when they got all this stuff. They actually got their EMF detectors were going nuts in the cave, but that could also be from the energy that was being put off by the crystals and all that jazz. Sure. Um, But... What was uh, really funny is that one of the investigators said person mm-hmm. who was wearing the backwards cap with the visor and the spiky hair mm-hmm. licked the wall of the cave to confirm that it was salty. What? Why? Not sure. That's not a question you need answered. But, you know, it makes for entertaining TV. <laughs> it makes for a staph infection. I don't. Like, what? Like, that's, that was absolutely a man that did that, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. Women don't need to answer that question. That's such a dude thing. But, Kim, the best part. Sorry to any men listening right now. I'm not sorry. Prove me wrong, men. (laughs) Prove me wrong. But here's what what made it so funny, and this is even why I'm notating it, is that the girl investigator was like, yeah, I don't know why he did that. Yeah, no, because <laughs> listen, listen, because men have been licking things <clears throat> left and right for the since the dawn of time. That's what she said. That's what she said. Except not enough. And True. Yeah. Right. Like you know what? Lick less walls. <laughs> That's my hashtag, men. Lick less. Walls. All right. Well, now that we got through that. Um, <laughs> One really compelling piece of evidence, evidence, evidence that they got was um, they took a bunch of pictures, like consecutive photos in a specific area where people said that they heard a lot of footsteps. Sure. And they captured a mist that moved and it was in different places in every shot. Okay. So like, I know based on what we investigate and look at, like shooting a bunch of different pictures from like a film camera perspective and seeing something moving like that without a light source that is weird and Mm -hmm. not debunkable Um, especially in this particular case being in a cave without light sources Mm -hmm. there was that and so Mm -hmm. that's I think that's actually pretty interesting Um, and then they had a bunch of EVPs so Mm. here's where I get annoyed watching this shit is that um, they ask questions in English and they're in Slovenia. Like, such an American thing, though. I mean, like, the... But what's wild is that some of the EVPs sounded like they were in another language and then some of them sounded like they were in English. I don't know. I I feel like it's just annoying. um, And I think it's also just TV. So I don't know how legit that is. Yeah, I have a lot of feelings. I don't... mm, Yeah, I have a lot of feelings. How's that? I have a lot of feelings, Gabby. Well, the only fun fact about this, um, and I think this was season one, episode 13 of okay. um, of Ghost Hunters International. Just FYI, okay. if anyone wants to find it, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, the second part of this episode actually featured the Blood Countess, Elizabeth Bathory's castle, mm, okay. which I just watched for funsies. Um, sure. Yeah, I would. And, and that's... that's uh, that's the castles. And overall, I think both of the castles are, like, insanely awesome. Like, I would want to go to both and check out both and do tours just because they're insane looking and have they're so old. And they have all this history and all this energy and allegedly some hauntings of the owners. Yeah. Definite, but they're like, cool regardless. Yeah, it's a fun trip regardless for sure. Mm-hmm. Definite bucket list visit locations. Yeah. 
But what do you think, Kim? Do you think it's, like, legit haunted? Do you think that could be a thing? I mean, I again, I, I tend to lean towards any space that's that old and has that many people traveling through it, having lived through it, uh, has to have some kind of haunting. I, I do sometimes question whether or not the story that's the most... We see this a lot. The story that's the most well-known is what gets attached to any activity. Right. And it doesn't mean that it is not the activity. It just means it's it's a really narrow way to be looking at a situation. Right. So I absolutely think these places could be haunted. Do I think it's necessarily these specific spirits? I mean, damn. In the, you know, how many centuries both these places have existed? There haven't been more people who have died who've maybe stuck around? Likely. Especially with the torture chambers. Especially with the torture chambers. So I, no, I absolutely believe they're haunted. Do I think it's necessarily these stories? Maybe, but maybe not. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I, again, I, I, I think um, it's one of the reasons when we investigate a spot... Uh, that's not a well-known location. When we get called in to investigate a home, a business, whatever, we don't have any prior info. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the team lead is the only person who even knows where we're going. Um, we want the story. We want the convenient story. We want to know who this ghost is we're talking to. And so no matter what, we tend to point to whatever is the most well-known story attached to a place, uh, whether or not that's actually what's going on. Fair, but so it that, doesn't that, mean it's uh, not haunted. Just maybe not by the person. That just you means think. But keep an open mind. That's what it means. Keep an open mind for sure. And this brings us to creepy critics corner. Creepy critics corner. I hope you missed that, Kim. You didn't sing it for say, me last time. I'm sure, I'm sure the people at home have missed <laughs> it because I was unwilling to sing it for y'all. You know? I'm sorry and also not sorry all at the same time. Kim Doth it, everyone. <laughs> Listen, y'all, I am who I am, and you either love me or hate me for it, but at this point, it's kind of locked in. <laughs> all right, fair. Anyway, yeah. what, what you been watching, friend? Oh, so much stuff. Uh, so... I am uh, about 10, well, by the time this is released, it'll be more, but about 10 plus movies into 100 Days of Horror. And I've watched a couple interesting horror films. And this first one I'm going to talk about, this was a legitimate surprise for me. This was a movie that I was ready um, I'm not saying that I watch some movies and I'm just like, this isn't going to be good. But sometimes I watch a movie and I'm like, this isn't going to be good. Uh, I watched one tonight called Boo from 2005. And let me tell you, it was not good. <laughs> it was bad. I would go as far as to say it was bad. But this is one and it's called Horror in the High Desert. Ooh. And it looked pretty low budget. So I, I do kind of try to rebalance my expectations for a low budget movie. I didn't necessarily think it was going to be awesome, and I was surprised because I really liked it. Now, I am a found footage human. We know this. I've recommended a lot of found footage movies. Yep. If that's not your jam, you probably won't like this. If this is your jam, you probably will because it's not just found footage. It's like the faux documentary style, and I am a sucker for that. I 
love that in my found footage movies. So the the whole premise behind it, and it was inspired by a real case. Oh, which, cool. P.S. I've added the real case to my list of stuff to cover. Oh, but I. I don't know if it's going to be enough for an episode. It might be something to do as a, a Patreon-like mini episode. We're nice. going to see. But the whole premise of it, and it was done during quarantine, is um, that this outdoor enthusiast uh, disappeared back in 2017 while hiking um, this very specific region. And he was going in search of, he had this wilderness blog. Mm -hmm. So the documentary is interviewing people who knew him, interviewing his sister. And that was one of the discoveries after he disappeared is that he had some kind of hiking blog and he had apparently come across some house that was weird. And he was going to go back in search of it. So as this faux documentary goes on, it actually starts off where it's very standard, like a true crime documentary. It feels very much like kind of a low budget true crime documentary. Mm -hmm. You're learning about this disappearance. And then they, quote unquote, discover his cell phone footage from before he disappeared. Oh, dang. It's again... I love found footage. I love faux documentaries. Like, that is a happy place for me. I love things that feel real because I'm so jaded on horror film. Not jaded. I still love them. But nothing scares me. Absolutely nothing scares me. If something feels real, that is the... It's scarier, yeah. or at least I might get that moment of chills. Because the second movie I'm going to talk about is actually a good example of this. But uh, I'll get there in a second. But no, um, Horror in the High Desert. I think it's worth a watch. It's, it's again, it was filmed during quarantine, and it was something I was looking up some details of the movie afterwards and saw uh, that they, no actors are on screen at the same time. They filmed a lot of it over Zoom. Oh, cool. And you don't really notice it until it's brought to your attention. You're like, oh, that's really cool. And I, I also appreciate filmmakers who are trying to be creative and still create art during COVID. So, yeah, I I very much enjoyed it. I think it's, again, it's worth a watch. I watched it on, um, I think, Amazon Prime. So okay. it's, it's really accessible. Uh, now, the second film I'm going to recommend is a movie called Incantation, which has been kind of making the way around certain social medias. Um, it's, uh, it's on Netflix. It's a Taiwanese supernatural found footage horror film. And this is a great example to me to that point of I really enjoyed that. That was very well done. Um, you have this woman who years before had encountered this kind of supernatural force and now she's trying to protect her daughter from it. It's all told in nonlinear storytelling. So you're jumping back and forth to like six years prior when she's having this experience and in the present day with her daughter. Um. If you watch a lot of horror films, it is nothing you've not seen before. But it's really well done. It's really well acted. That being said, I've seen people... In fact, I had a couple people recommend this to me, talking to me, like, non-horror fans in the way that I am. I sure. had, like, our friend Nadia, who's amazing. Nadia recommended this to me, and I'm very glad she did. But I, I've had a few other people talk to me about it and be like, wasn't it so scary? And I'm like, well... To you. No. Well, no, I mean, again, um, I thought it was extremely well done. I very much enjoyed it. It's very atmospheric. Uh, I I've seen variations on this film before. Mm -hmm. 
But this is a really well done version of this type of film. So it is absolutely worth a watch. But is it something I watched and I was like, man, that messed me up? No, no, it did not. Uh, but it was really good and I recommend it and it's streaming on Amazon. And uh, yeah, so those are those are a couple of things I've been watching. What have you been watching? I was going to say I just looked up Incantation because I haven't heard of it and it, it looks interesting. Apparently yeah. there's like people on TikTok doing something yeah. with it. It's become, well, and, and don't look into that if you've not seen the movie. Okay, I haven't seen because the movie Because it, it will spoil the movie to understand the social media connection. Okay, I'll watch it and then I'll look into it. But thank you for the references and referrals. I will attempt to watch them at some point. I have to avoid my husband with the horror movies. Otherwise, he gets mad. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I I actually went to the movies for the first oh, time in I don't know how long. And I saw Thor, Love and Thunder. Oh, yeah, which I still haven't gotten to see, even though it's got Taika. Oh, my gosh. Know, it does you know have Taika, Taika, and it has his humor is very I, prevalent love. throughout the whole thing. So you would love it. I was supposed to see it, and then I got a migraine, and so I didn't go. But it's I'm hoping to maybe see it this week. This was the third attempt to see this movie because the first attempt was when Terrence had COVID, oh, no. and then the second attempt I bought I tried to get us like IMAX tickets to see it. And right. I bought them right before I tested positive, and then I oh, had COVID, and then I got a refund because I was like, I'm sick. I can't go. Can I get my money back, please? I will come yeah. see a movie. Um, and then, of course, the one night that we decide to go see a movie in downtown Seattle is the night of Seafair, and ah. we were 30 minutes late to the movie, <laughs> and we, like, oh, no. missed the be- the very beginning of it. But, um, oh, my gosh. I, so I'm not a huge – I'll just preface this by saying I am not a huge Marvel person. Like, I, I don't watch all of the Marvel movies my husband does. I like some of the Thor movies. I like Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, there's a specific Marvel movies that I really like. Anything that Taika sure. Waititi touches, I love. He is mm-hmm. very funny. Um, there is one particular bit in it that keeps popping up that is so dumb and so funny and um, this isn't ruining anything by telling you this, but like in the very beginning of the movie, Thor gets gifted these two oversized goats that just yell. I have I have stuffed goats of that. It's really funny. Somebody um, gave me some stuffed goats and they're like, this is from the latest Thor movie. Yeah. You like Taika Waititi? And I was like, Yay! you don't get the reference yet, <laughs> but I will. But the, the yell the yell is like, you know, when you see videos of goats just going like, ah, yes, <laughs> like that's the yell. It's really, really funny. And it's a, a great comedic relief throughout the movie. Um, it's a little disjointed. Uh, there's a lot of over explaining. But I will say because I watched that, I also listened to a podcast that I haven't listened to in a long time because mm-hmm. Um, I don't watch a lot of Marvel movies, um, sure. and it is um, newcomers with Nicole Byer and Lauren Lapkus because what they do is they every season is a different like bulk of universe movies or things. So I remember talking about it a while ago with Star Wars. They watched like all the Star Wars films and they watched all the Lord of the Rings films. And it's always because neither of them have seen any of them. And then you get a comedian's reaction to everything. And it's very funny. And she actually did a live podcast recording at San Diego Comic-Con with 
Sashir Zameda, who is her best friend, who she does best friends with, the podcast, with John Gabris, who is in a bunch of comedy stuff, has also done a full season of um, Newcomers with Nicole on um, The Fast and the Furious, which I haven't listened to yet because I haven't seen them all, so I need to watch those before I listen. But he is also married to a friend of mine, so I have an indirect connection to him. Um, Nice. And another comedian who is also very funny, who is on... um, grand crew with Nicole Byer. Um, and so it's a really big group of really funny people all together talking about this movie. And so, uh, the love and thunder episode is very, very funny. Um, Terrence and I were losing it laughing, listening to it. So, um, highly recommend these two things together in tandem. So like watch the movie and then listen to that episode. It's great. Um, so that was great. And then I also watched a documentary on Netflix. Um, (gasps) And it is called The Most Hated Man on the Internet. I This has been on my list. I haven't watched it yet, but it's been on my list. So this is about a guy named Hunter Moore and a website mm-hmm. called Is Anyone Up? That it was in existence in like 2012-ish, mm-hmm. based in Los Angeles. When I was living there and involved with a lot of people in that scene, I knew mm-hmm. who Hunter Moore was. I knew people who were affected by Is Anyone Up? I mm. knew about all of this. So watching this, I was like, Whoa, wow, someone actually did a documentary on it. Yeah. Um, and it's basically, the premise is Hunter Moore basically created this website where he would post pictures, like nudes, of women who did not want their pictures to be posted, and he called it revenge porn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And not only did he post the pictures, but he would link all of their social media, their phone number, mm. address, like messed up stuff to it. So people would have access to these people and harass them. And one of the main girls um, that was affected by this is from Woodland Hills, which is where I'm from. And Mm. she was, I think I was kind of involved in this scene of like seeing people when I was like Mm -hmm. 19. But when all of this was happening, I was 27. So it kind of happened like after I had not gone to like all the clubs and things that people in this scene were going to at the time that this happened. So Mm -hmm. I wasn't directly affected by any of this, but I knew people who were. And so it's really wild to watch. It's a a mini docu-series. So I think there's three episodes of it. Um, But it's about a mom that gets pissed off and wants him to see his uh, revenge come back at him. Um, and mm. it's a true story and local for me, at least in the LA area. Um, wow. but highly recommend, I think you should watch it. It's good to, it's kind of disheartening to see what people can get away with and like the legalities that you have to like jump through hoops in order for someone to like be held accountable for like ruining people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some very heroic people out there that won't stop until it happens. And so that was kind of like the light at the end of the tunnel for this. So mm-hmm. anyway, highly recommend. Um, and that's what I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of other things, but I just chose to not talk about the trash TV this time. It's, it's good to mix it up from the trash TV. And I do want to see Nope. I haven't seen Nope yet. So I, yeah, I know nope, you talked nope about it good. on your Creepy Critics update. I did. Um, but I really want to see it. So that's the next one on my list. And feel free to throw, again, I am smack in the start. I shouldn't say middle because I'm smack at the start the of 100 Days of Horror. And so, you know, feel free to throw recommendations in my direction. Uh, I can't guarantee it's something I've not seen, but I also just enjoy knowing what 
horror films <clears throat> other people really enjoy and what they think we should be watching. And also, I know we talked about two castles on this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a third castle that I researched that I'm going to be doing an update on Patreon for. So if you like this episode about castles, their history, hauntings, this third one I found is really interesting, and I hadn't heard of it before, and it's got some wild history associated with it. So stay tuned on Patreon uh, for our patrons who are a part of that. And if you are not a part of it, check us out on patreon.com. Look us up, Ghoulish Tendencies Podcast. Um, there's some extra content on there that we are consistently updating and bloopers for any time you want to hear us stumble. Um, and if you want to hear bloopers live, come to the Pacific Northwest True Crime Fest because yes. we can't edit that out um, we can't edit that out and but i can't guarantee i mean what do i bring a flask like gabby how do i function um i'll hide it for you don't worry we'll make it you're happen. an angel you're an angel so All having right. said that if you want to come to pacific northwest true crime fest our 15 uh, percent off discount discount code is ghoulish 15 um please come Please experience us. It'll be very fun live um look up the details on pacific northwest true crime um, fest.com and mm-hmm. find us anywhere on social medias with ghoulish tendencies podcast thank you so much for listening and having said that stay, stay spooky, spooky.